Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks, a good morning to you. It is uh, Ask the Experts with the uh, folks at uh, the uh, Peyton Law Firm. Harvey Peyton is in the studio with us. I'm Dave Allen in for the vacationing. Dale Cooper. Mr. Peyton, good morning. How yes, are you, sir? I'm quite well. Thank you. It's, uh, again, a great drive in today from Putnam County, where you also live. I also right? live in Putnam County. Yeah. It was a rainy drive when I made the drive, which was a little bit earlier than you. I came in around 7 this morning, and it was uh, uh, it was, it was, it was quite rainy, to say well, the least. Well, it started in the rain and cleared up. <laughs> Uh, as it, I got along, it was only like 31 minutes from the depths of Pays Valley to the studios. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not a big, big deal. That's what I tell folks all the time about the Peyton Law Firm. I mean, our our office is the first business in Putnam County when you leave Kanawha County because our office is at the corner of 28th Street and First Avenue and Nitro. Well, across the street, between the block between 28th and 27th, the Kanawha County Putnam County line bisects that. So we're about 110 feet into Putnam County, and it's, you know, for folks that think, well, that's, you know, we'd like to have some legal services, but they're in the suburbs. It's about 20 minutes mm-hmm. from downtown Charleston uh, to get to our office. You just go to the Nitro Interchange, get off and take a left, and bam, you're right there, near where the new Taco Bell is going to be. <laughs> Things are moving in Nitro. We had an old block that was somewhat dilapidated. It had been occupied by... Very nice dress shop, a Napa store, a hardware store. They were family owned, and the family sort of got tired. And then Walmart came, and you know that was sort of the nail in the coffin. And the city took the bull by the horns a year ago or two years ago, got the property, and with the plans to demolish it. Well, all of a sudden, up shows Taco Bell, who says, "We'll buy it as is. We'll mm-hmm. demolish the structure, and we're going to build a new store." So that happened, and they're. Uh, they're moving right along. It looks to me for like a September opening date, which I think is good for the city of Nitro, good for Putnam County, good for that end of Kanawha County because it'll pull people sure. deeper off the interstate. You can't go wrong with Taco Bell. No, I mean we had a, <laughs> we had a Kali Taco further down towards the interstate, but they're they're closed. I yeah. think perhaps they had some issues. Well, there's I think there's a second one, and the second one I think is open. I yeah. think that's what I've been told. It may have been staffing because I think a lot of their yeah. staffing was from. 
south of the border. And there may have been some <laughs> as, as they say in the wrestling business, from parts unknown. Parts unknown <laughs> and, un, and undocumented and unverified, perhaps. But while we, Putnam County, I mean, the Peyton Law Firm, we practice in Putnam, Mason, Jackson, Cabell, Kanawha, Lincoln, Logan, all points south and somewhat north. If we get past about Sutton, that's a little out of our uh, footprint. Hargersburg's a little bit out of our footprint, although obviously the eastern panhandle's way, way out of everybody's mm-hmm. footprint. But uh, for the last 44 years, most of my practice has been in Putnam County and probably 60%, maybe 20% in Kanawha County, the other 20% between Lincoln Mason. I used to have a lot of business in Mason County. And now my son Tom, he's he went over and took the Ohio bar as soon as he got out of law school. So there's a lot of interaction between people sure. in Meigs County, Gallia County, Jackson mm-hmm. County, Ohio, and, and, and you know, uh, Jackson County, West Virginia, and Mason County. So probably 20% of his time is spent there. But yesterday I was in the courthouse, the old courthouse in uh, Putnam County, not the new judicial annex. And ran into Brian Wood, who I think you're probably acquainted with, because he's a county clerk. One of my best friends, yeah. I mean, you work, he worked at the Secretary of State's office, right? So he's the chief elections officer by Mm -hmm. virtue of being county clerk. And Brian tells me that uh, Putnam County is going to go to e-recording probably within the next 60 days. Now, that sounds mundane, but it really, from the legal standpoint, has a lot of meaning to the consumer. Now, Putnam County... I'm proud to have been made a part of the beginning of this. Uh, years and years ago, I represented the county commission in a dispute with their insurance carrier over the refusal to pay a claim for some wage claims by deputies, and we got a nice settlement. And Brian, who's a forward-looking guy, uh, he was a magistrate, then he got elected mm-hmm. county clerk, hot-footed it into the county commission and said, hey, I want some of that money to start putting our records online. So now, if you have a question about a legal document, a will, a deed, a power of attorney, the status of an estate, anything that's of record in the record room, and you can go online, Putnam County Clerk's Office, online document search, click that, and there you are. It also has, their contractor also has Logan County, mm-hmm. which you're familiar with because mm-hmm. you're from Logan. So for the last five or six years, we've been able to hold the line on price to the consumer because we can do a lot more from our desk talking to people on the phone. You don't have to run to the courthouse yeah. and look and see what a will You don't have, have all these incidental fees. And, exactly, you know. Well, you know, if you've got to stop what you're doing, leave your office, go to the record room, yeah. uh, park your car, walk in. I mean, all the, all the lawyer has is his time and advice. So if it takes you uh, 40 minutes to drive to and from Winfield, an hour at the courthouse, there's two hours of time that somebody has to pay for. And then you go back and talk to the person about what you discovered. When we've got a computer terminal on your desk, you can look at the documents, discuss it with the person while they're sitting right there, and just cuts out all that additional time. And you know, so you can hold the line on price. I mean, you, you know, you're in business. The law is a business. You've got to be able to, to operate at a profit to pay your help. So now with e-filing, e-recording, that means that you can, from your office, scan an executed document, and transmit it to the county clerk's office for recording, which, again, saves somebody making a trip to the courthouse. And and this year in particular, it'll be good. They're still on a bit of a lockdown in the record room. 
in the past, you went to a counter and handed the lady the document, or the gentleman, whoever it was, and they took it, manually entered the uh, recording information, printed a receipt, and took your money. Now you drop them off in a box outside the door, and one of the personnel in, in Brian's office takes the document back to the old recording desk where they record it, just bring you a receipt. So it it's a little more time-consuming. Once we go to e-recording, now, talking to Brian, he's not the first in the state. I think there are 11 other counties mm -hmm. who have already gone to e-recording. They use contractors to do this. But Brian correctly said he didn't want to be first and be wrong. So he waited to see how it worked out around the state. You know, Dave, that's one of the things that just bugs me to death. Why? And, and, and you know, for record searches, Pocahontas County uses a different contractor for their record room. Cabell County uses a different contractor for their record room access. Putnam and Logan use another, a different contractor. Wyoming County uses a different one. Why in the world hasn't our legislature, uh, with the emphasis on computer science, standardized this? Why haven't we put in place some rules and procedures so that we bid this on a statewide basis, open and fair and reasonable, that the service is the same, so the John Q. public cannot just e-file something in Putnam County, but if you have a document that needs to go to Preston County, you can go to the Putnam County Courthouse and they can scan it and send it to Preston County instead of dealing with, set, you know, it's like when the railroads ran on different gauge, that's why you got a standard gauge on the railroad, 53 and a half inches from the inside of the rail to the inside of the rail, because in the old days, everybody had their own gauge and you couldn't that train could run from here to Indiana, mm -hmm. <laughs> then you have to go to a roundhouse and change equipment to go west because the gauge was off. Well, why don't we do that? Think about it. I mean, there's some resistance to e-filing in civil cases. I mean, you're, how would Mac Warner be able to operate his office without a fairly complex database and computer system? Right. I mean, he didn't manually uh, work with every county clerk to purge old names off voting records. Right? They're, they're computerized. You can look and see who didn't vote in the last two election cycles, and you send them a notice. If they don't respond, you purge their name. It's all done electronically. Mm -hmm. So why don't we have that for the, all the citizens of West Virginia? We ran into situations during the oil and gas boom um, where leasing and production was delayed for weeks because lease hounds and title agents could not get into the record rooms in these smaller courthouses like Doddridge and Tyler and these other counties, to do the title work, to start the drilling. It's, it's crazy in the 21st century. So what would be on the other side, um, if you want to call it devil's advocate or whatever, why wouldn't these uh, counties want to do that? Why would they not want to standardize? What's, what's the argument on the other side, I guess? Well, I think the flip side is, you know, they're elected officials, and they have a staff, and they have a budget. Mm-hmm. And your budget, if you're a county official, goes to the county commission. Sure. And you're always trying to protect your budget. And I think some of the fear, I know in the circuit courts, when e-filing, which is not statewide, by the way, you cannot e-file in Kanawha County, for instance. One of the fears in the circuit clerk's offices were, well, if we streamline the e-filing, what are we going to do about Margie and Jim? Mm -hmm. Well, last two hires. And I cut off a couple of employees and instead of being able to keep that money to operate more efficiently, the county commission will cut my budget. I mean, that, to me, was the biggest. Yeah. It's a political budgeting concern. But then once it took 
got started, those guys, Charlie Brumfield out of Lincoln County was one of the first. Uh, also was one of the folks involved in the uh, election contest in Lincoln County, which has been monumentally misrepresented, I'd say. But, you know, then once they trained their folks, they realized, hey, we've got people out who are high, more highly trained. Uh, they're more competitive in the job market. We can go to the county commission and say, look, I've got four people up here who are doing intake and data entry. And hey, they're thinking about going to the gas company or to the state house mm -hmm. or they're looking for a federal job. We've got to pay them more. And so you've got a more valuable commodity in your workforce. Everywhere that it's finally been adopted, it has worked. Now, the other problem I can just tell you with real estate titles and those records being available in e-filing is lawyers resist it. Title lawyers who practice or lawyers that practice in more rural settings or suburban settings in West Virginia who make maybe 30% of their income or some who are in the real estate business big time, 80% of their income doing title examinations and closings uh, really don't want that streamlined procedure to take effect mm -hmm. because... Well, nobody wants money taken out of their pocket, so sure. to speak, I guess. But, you know, so you're so looking so out for your so own, you know. Well, it's the same. But, but do you let the general public suffer higher prices and limited access mm -hmm. to protect the vested interest? You can only do that so long. It won't right. work forever. Right. Uh, and it's coming. I mean, it's going to come because other states are going to do it. And as we move into this broadband expansion that I hope comes, uh, more counties in West Virginia are going to do it. And then somebody's going to say, hey, wait a minute. This is a problem because you don't have uniformity. And then somebody's going to get caught, I would predict, in some parts unknown of this state. And imagine this, cutting a deal with some contractor that provides the service so that somebody's son gets a job or somebody gets a Christmas present, and then that's going to blow up and be a scandal, and it will change and get right with the world. Now, wait a minute. So what you're saying is, is that it's possible in West Virginia that something underhanded would be done. But not only is it possible, <laughs> but, it, but in the realm of human existence, it's probable. If you've got a lot of money floating around, and it's not just West Virginia. Right, yeah. I mean, any system, no, I agree. I any agree. system control run by human beings yep, can yep. fail and win. Sure. And, and Especially win. if there's a profit to be had. <laughs> so that's that's my pitch of about kudos to Brian Wood in Putnam County and sort of my editorialization <laughs> about why I think the state should really vigorously move forward with uh, that. I mean, we could establish a sub-cabinet position and some uniform standards to be applied to every county commission. You know, every county commission doesn't levy the uh, the transfer tax the same. It's $4.40 a thousand in some counties and $5.50 a thousand in others and $6.60 because the county clerk just says, well, I don't need the money mm -hmm. or, the county, or, their, or their politic and just like fire service fees. They're different in every county mm -hmm. with no uniformity at the state level because you know, it's not a popular. I mean, you could have a $150,000 garage that's classified as a commercial property that pays a $500 a year fire service fee, which is down the block from a $750,000 residence that pays $50 a year. Well, that seems a little cockeyed. That garage with cinder block walls and concrete floors is less likely to burn than that house, but that garage doesn't vote, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The people in that house do, so it's just much easier to pass it. Have, have you ever, Harvey, and again, we're talking with Harvey Payton from the Payton Law Firm on uh, Ask the Experts. Uh, if uh, Have you ever 
talked talked to any legislators about this, uh, or have other people? And what has been their their take on it? Uh, you know, I have. I mean, I'm not a lobbyist, and sure, yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I don't know as many legislators now as maybe I did 15 years ago. I know Charlie Trump pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a whole lot of newer ones over the last couple yeah, of years and, too. Uh, and uh, Roger, the, uh, the the speaker, Mr. Mm-hmm. Speaker, and uh, I knew Mitch Carmichael pretty well because he's from Jackson County, and uh, Mike Hall because he was from Putnam. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to talk to Josh Higginbotham just because I haven't had a chance. He doesn't. I don't live in the district yeah. he represents, but I would like to talk to him just because it seems like he's pretty progressive. He's got some. Good, he's Republicans. I I don't. Vote for the Republicans generally. I voted for Don Wright all the time when he was the circuit clerk because I didn't vote for Brian Wood. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, I, you know, Brian was just uh, elected uh, to the um, to be the head of the County Clerks Association, yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. He's the head, he's kind of the one that they look to to be the to, that the other clerks kind of look to for leadership and guidance. He's one of the best. I mean, he really is. Well, I'm, not saying is. That, I'm not saying because we're friends. I mean, he really is. Oh no, I mean, if you take the circuit clerk's office. And the county clerk's office in Putnam County, I've said for years, the circuit clerk's office in Putnam County, when they were deluged in the 80s and 90s with asbestos litigation, operating in that old courthouse under almost inhuman conditions, they were the very best office under the conditions in the state of West Virginia. Don Wright worked like a dog. The ladies in there worked day and night to keep the office running and not to make mistakes. And it's carried over now. I mean, Bill Mullins who's the clerk. He was a former deputy sheriff. I actually went to high school with Bill. Mm-hmm. He was at Kanawha County at that time. Uh, they're just excellent, well-run officers, and so any kudos they get are well-deserved. Putnam County, as I've said, uh, when I first started practicing there a lot in 1977, there was one Republican office holder, I think. I think Arnold Ray Hodges was on the county commission. He was a Republican from Winfield. But that was it. No, Don Wright was the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And slowly over the last 40 years, now the only, well, there is no Democrat in the courthouse. Now, Phil Stowers, he's the circuit judge, he was elected in 2000 when the, or 2004, when the, 2008, when the still partisan election. Mm-hmm. So he ran as a Democrat and Drew mm-hmm. Reader. I'm thinking Judge Reeder probably came under the nonpartisan mm-hmm. statute, but that would be it. But the different thing is, there isn't any difference, right? You know, if people are interested in good government, and they want to see things run, and they don't want to waste money, but they don't want to be parsimonious where there's a legitimate need, partisanship does make a whole lot of difference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, at the county level, you get things done. It only takes two votes. If you're on a county commission... You can steer the policy with the whole county if you have one commissioner who's on your side. You know, the legislature, you can't do that. And social issues don't mean anything. No. No, actually, that's the point I was going to make. I mean, you know, a lot of people um, will say we've got to support our Democrats or our Republicans or whatever. Well, who's on your county commission in Taylor County is not going to overturn Roe versus Wade. You know, it's not not going to happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to, I think it was your show. I don't know the fellow's name. He's the deputy Republican chairman down in Putnam County. He's a gentleman. Uh, uh, he was talking about legislation. Well, how long ago was this? Uh, I mean, Tony Hodge is the president of the. That's pretty old. Uh, that was that was uh, some time ago though. Yeah, it would have been way back. Okay, yeah, in yeah. the winter time. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, probably Tony Hodge. Yeah. So, I think you asked, well, what's the big difference? Here? Mm-hmm. I mean, you want jobs. 
and it was, well, not a whole lot except on these social issues. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure that that's a way to govern. A state is, from e with either side, relying primarily on social issues as a dividing line. You get a lot of things covered up. You know, you've got to be real careful. Because I have a, an abiding belief in my mind that there are forces in the United States, economic forces, and I call them the forces of nature, the big money, international, multinational corporations who enjoy the use of divisive social issues to elect candidates who will cut their taxes to the lowest possible level in the world and reduce their regulations to the lowest possible level in the world so that they can increase profits to the highest level of the world. And uh, whether the, the spattering about these social issues causes unrest and insurrection and violence is a matter of indifference. Corporations don't bleed. Mm -hmm. Corporations don't cry when somebody's shot. Corporations don't have a heartbeat or a conscience separate and apart from their owners and shareholders. And I, to me, I see a, dis a distinct drift towards the funding of political campaigns by economic interests who really have no interest in these social issues. They have mm -hmm. an interest in making It's money. a low-hanging fruit. I mean, it's right. easy to, it's it's, easy it's to go easy after. To you start talking about guns and you start talking about these other things. I mean, it's it's the bottom. I mean, it's I have said as a as a Republican that I wish that my party would concentrate more on the things that matter and not the social issues. That's the opinions of me and the opinions of no one else. That's why I'm frequently on the outs with my party. Well, I'm, on for the, that. I'm on the outs. Well, I'm on the Democrat State Executive Committee, so, uh -huh. but I'm on the outs. That's out. got to be a fun gig these days. Well, I'm on the outside of that. I'm on the, <laughs> the Chris Regan, Walt Oval side of that equation. So, you know, they're not going to send me any Christmas cards. Yeah, so. you know, it used to be when the president came to town, I got an invitation to go to see Clinton at Clarksburg yeah. or Biden when he was here campaigning mm -hmm. for Obama. That invitation was distinctly <laughs> – I didn't hear anything when Joe Biden was in town. I mean, it's just like they look down the list and there's those people who vote either yes or no. They'd send you to California while that was happening. They just said, we're going to send you out of town while this is going could, on. <laughs> could well have been. But, yeah, I mean, to me – we got a break? Yeah, go ahead. Finish oh. your, no, finish your point. The unpopular statement is, let's let the Supreme Court simply re overturn Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. Now, what are they going to complain about? What are the people in Mississippi and Texas and the politicians nationwide who use those people, people of good intention and good hearts, what are you going to say? Mm -hmm. Then you lose that issue. Do it. It's just like this constant haranguing that it's unemployment that keeps people from taking crummy jobs. All right, it's running out. Let's just see how the job market perks up. We're going to talk about jobs, and, of course, yeah. if you'd like to weigh in with uh, with Harvey Payton, you're more than welcome to at 304-345-5858. We're uh, back right after this. This is Ask the Experts, 580 WCHS. When you're considering investments, you look to the most reputable financial advisor with the most proven track record. When it comes to the law, it's experience and dedication you're looking for. And when it comes to your personal injury legal matters, you won't find a more dedicated and experienced team than Peyton Law Firm. With over 60 years of combined experience serving national, regional, and local clients of all sizes, it's Peyton Law Firm that the Valley trusts to lead the way. When experience matters most, visit PeytonLawFirm.com. 
Special toothpaste don't really work. Drugstore preparations and potions, they won't do the trick. If you want a brilliant white smile, Garib Dental Group has what it takes. Broken, chipped, or discolored teeth, gaps between your teeth, even missing teeth and discolored old dental work can all be corrected by the smile specialist at Garib Dental Group. Many procedures are covered by dental insurance and financing options are available. Get the smile you dream of at Garib Dental Group in Polka, South Charleston, St. Albans, Cross Lanes, Taze Valley, and now Kanaw City. We love to see your smile. Brought to you by City National Bank, where you can get a home equity line of credit with rates starting below prime. Equal housing lender. For a convenient location near you, log on to bankatcity.com. couple new accidents to pass on. I-64 westbound, Mombarker 53, just past the Dunbar exit. Also in downtown Charleston, 602 Lee Street West. That's near the entrance to the Transit Mall. So the accident listed as active on Quarter G southbound at Bruneland Road. Use caution in all those areas and be prepared for some wet driving conditions today. We are expecting showers and thunderstorms. So slow down and watch that safe following distance. From the WCHS Network Traffic Studio, I'm Jenny Murray. With the power of Peyton on your side, we have the courtroom experience that you need. We never give up. We're prepared to fight for your rights. When you need action, count on us. Put the power of Peyton on your side. The power of Peyton. Eight forty-five. It's uh, Ask the Experts with uh, uh, Harvey Payton from the Payton Law Firm. 304-345-5858. I'm Dave Allen for the vacationing. Uh, Dale Cooper, i got to ask you a quick question because sure. I've never done this show before, and you and I have only talked briefly in passing in the hall. What's the story behind the theme song? How did that uh, How did that come about? I mean, well, I know you've probably been asked it before, but it's one of those catchy things. And okay, Tell me what's the story. This show started in 1998. We, and it was just me, and I had four, like four other lawyers working at the time, and we had a... a uh, in an office in Nitro. We had one down in, T- in the Taze Valley as well, in Gary Young's building. And I'm thinking, of course, that's when advertising really started to kick up. Big TV. Oh, we just couldn't afford television. Mm-hmm. That's, you're, you know, if you don't have a couple million bucks a year in a budget to do TV, just quit. Because if you can't run a, a campaign competitively and, and professionally. So I went to talk to Linda Arnold, mm-hmm. who had the Arnold Agency at that time, downtown. She was an advertising agent. See, and one of her account executives will say, hey, because this show, I think Rusty Webb was doing it one time, but they could never get a lawyer to do it any longer than an election cycle. What they continuously <laughs> got were lawyers who were running for office who would do the show, and then, of course, once they filed for office, they would quit because they didn't. I said, okay. So I showed up here in, like, December of 99, and uh, we were over in the other studio, and we were parking right along. We went through, like, three different hosts before Rick Johnson and I settled in, and, and uh, I think Rick Johnson said, you know, you got to think about a theme song. The station was running a promotion where, as a part of your advertising budget, they would help you, this station would help you compose and add a theme song. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of others who are still, they're still playing on the air that came out of the city. So I'm out fit down in Texas. And you know how you know how it works. They sat yep. down, they interviewed you. What do you want to be known for? What do you do? Uh, and they sent up a cut of this one. It wasn't very good. And they sent up the next one. And I thought, well, I don't know. 
and R.J., Rick Johnson, he said, I really like it. And Paul Howard was alive at the time, and he kind of said, oh, yeah, that's catchy. So that was probably about night or 2006, and that's how we got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of lasted, the power of Peyton. I, li- I mean, I like it. Because yeah. well, it's memorable. It's, I mean, it is it, memorable. Maybe too memorable. Maybe it's maybe it's annoying <laughs> to some people. You know, well, so. annoying sometimes works though in the world of advertising. I mean, I, I mean, there, there's several examples of that. And, yeah, I, I'll give a, a shout out, even though they don't advertise here. You know, the folks at the Goldie Auto Group. Oh, people Goldie. talk all the time. I hate that commercial, but then you say, "What's the commercial for?" You know, it's Goldie Auto. Goldie it's Auto, a, it's an auto dealership. So and so. Well, out there guess what? It, it 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 just well, worked. Jim Humphreys. <laughs> My good friend Jim Humphreys, when he was like the king of mass litigation back in the 90s and early aughts, he just ran ad after ad of you know, flashing red lights and mm-hmm. sirens and asbestos and pictures. And, uh, of course, he got a lot of criticism. He also made a lot of money. It's kind of like the guy who always made bad off comments to the to the waitress said, well, let you get your face slapped. Well, I said, yeah, but I get a lot of dates, too. You know, Jim said, the worst, the worst the commercials are, the more the phone rings. He said, you'd be so the more outrageous stop signs, sirens, lights, mm-hmm. the phone light, the lights, people pay attention. Yeah. Then I, then I found out about new news on Channel 3. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the news on Channel WSAZ, I guess, is like the horse in this area as yeah. far as TV ratings. Sure. They might be a top 50 market. I'm not sure. But they're pretty powerful. They've been around a long time. If you watch the news, it, it's an hour, from mm-hmm. 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock. It is simply the news is a commercial interlude for the lawyers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, that's just, of course, it's just monumentally expensive, as I understand it, advertising that place. So you see Morgan & Morgan, mm-hmm. these guys from Florida who have one lawyer in some office here who talk about being the largest in the world. Now, Bobby Warner's. Verbally taking them on, I'm your lawyer, Bobby Warner, and I'm right here. And then Farmer Klein and Campbell have now started saying, and I don't mind mentioning those guys. Bobby Warner's a good friend of mine, so are these guys at Farmer Klein and Campbell. I mean, if if you advertise for business and you do a good job for your clients, and you're not just mining a field to try and get cases so you can factor them off to somebody out of state, sell them short, take the money somewhere in Florida, leave us with nothing, I don't mind. I mean, Bobby Warner does a lot of good. So does Farmer Klein and Campbell. Every time I've asked those guys to pony up some money for, like, uh, St. Jude, they write a check. Right. Now, I doubt that I could go to Mr. Sure. Morgan down in Orlando, Florida, say, why don't you send a couple of grand up here? Larry Dawson and I had this exact same conversation on the air yesterday about the dealing with local businesses, you know, um, who it is that, that writes your check to your Little League team or your church bazaar or whatever the case may be. There is something, you know, uh, to be said for that. And I'll say this one one more thing about the uh, advertising. My wife and I, uh, in the month of May, took a trip to Florida. And uh, uh, one particular day, I, we came back in to eat lunch, and I turned on the TV and was watching the news there. Was the, all the stations where we were came out of Jacksonville. Uh, every commercial there was oh, yeah. for an attorney. So this is not just a oh, West no, Virginia it, thing. No, it's... You think it's bad here. Mm-hmm. Go to Texas. Yeah. If you think billboards are outrageous here, go to Texas. I mean, if you drive from Dallas to Fort Worth along the interstate, it is wall-to-wall. I don't know how they beat the, the Highway Beautification Act. These must all be billboards that were grandfathered in when Lady Bird Johnson jumped on the on the bandwagon. But it's just one lawyer. And TV is just outrageous. Mm-hmm. In Florida, South Florida in particular. I mean, it's just like a bed of sharks down there. Yeah. Uh, now, here, people find it irritating and and 
you know, I mean, I think some of the ads are offensive. I know some of the people who do some of these ads, and I think, you know, you ought not be saying things like that if you can't find your way to the courthouse. <laughs> but you know, as long as it's not willfully false mm-hmm. or misrepresentative, you, you have a constitutional right to advertise it. And, you know, advertising lowers barriers. Advertising lowers barriers in business. If you want business as a lawyer, 50 years ago or 47 years ago when I started, you could take some appointed cases, you could find a church to go to, you could join some civic clubs, you could see if you could get a job as a city attorney or working for the county, you go to magistrate court, you'd make talks at schools, you go to the newcomers club, run an ad to do some deeds and wills, people get to know you, you do a good job, you try some cases, jurors get to see you, and then maybe 10, 15 years later, when you're in your 40s, hey, you know, I've got a pretty good practice. I've got something that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you, if you're 28 years old and you can go to the bank and borrow 75 or 100,000 bucks and run yourself some TV ads, you might hit it a little lick for a while. Uh, that doesn't do the general public any good, in my estimation. I mean, all your advertising, when it came in in the Arizona State Bar case in the 1970s, the purpose, as stated in that case by the Supreme Court, was to make legal services more available and more affordable to the general public. Mm-hmm. That case involved divorce. And the Supreme Court talked about other services like estate planning and real estate. Because at that time, many bar associations had, you know, these had fee schedules. You could get in trouble if you didn't abide by them. Well, that's not what happened. Now you can't find a lawyer who wants to do work that the public needs on a regular basis because everybody's running ads or chasing, quote, truck accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lawyer, a really good friend of mine, who died suddenly, unfortunately, about four years ago in Nitro, Jerry McCormick. He had a nice practice of real estate. He didn't do any litigation. He referred it all out. Had a staff that had been with him for years. He got leukemia, just one of those things. You know, the pickle finger of fate pointed at him, and it was myeloid, and within like six weeks... He just died when the hospital mm-hmm. for the advance and died. So his longtime staff said, can you guys take this? Our answer was, no, we got too much to do right now. We just can't take it on. But surely, I mean, the guy owns a building. He's got a staff in place. He's got file drawers in there. He represents some savings and loans and some credit unions does work for banks. Could not find a lawyer with any interest in doing that. None. I mean, not even from the law school. You would think, well, a kid coming out of law school would just jump at the chance. Sure. Just shock out. You know, you sign a note to the estate. Otherwise, the estate's not going to get in. And what happened after several months went by with the approval of the state bar? They ran an ad in the newspaper saying we're just going to close the office. I mean, the, the staff stayed. And the estate paid them. And they would, you know, people would come in and they would pick up their files. They would refer them to us on a one-by-one basis or other lawyers. Just ran an ad and said, look, we, we're, we're done. And January 1, if you don't get your file, and so they shredded them and locked the doors, sold the building to a grocery store next door, and there's an opportunity for. So now, literally, Nitro in Putnam County is underlawyered. I say that all the time, and people say, oh, no, we are. Try and, go fi- try and find someone in Putnam County to do a mundane real estate transaction or give you some advice about a business transaction or any number of the other things, form a corporation, give you advice that should it be an LLC, should it be a sub-S corp, you know, 
who inherited this property when my uncle died without a will, and you'll be hard-pressed. The general public will be hard-pressed to do that. And, and, and I think that's a part of that's the law school's fault. I, I've talked to the former deans about this, and we'll talk to the new dean as soon as I get a chance to talk to her and say, why don't you get a track? You know, they've got a sustainability track at the law school. They've got an MBA program at the law school. Why don't you see if you can't find a track for West Virginians who would like to become small-town lawyers mm-hmm. to make a decent living, be a respected member of the community? You know, we had a lot real problem here with physicians until the osteopathic medicine school opened. And now osteopaths, I think, form the core of family practitioners in most of rural counties in West Virginia. Right? Okay. Yeah, I, think I think they do. Yeah. And the, the same thing could happen with the law. I, I, when I'm too old, I'm not going to see it. I'm, I'll be 72 in September. And I don't, that doesn't seem really old to me. But as I think <laughs> about, uh, you know, 1974, it just seems like yesterday. I was telling we were talking off the air yeah. about going to one of our friend's funeral up in Swickley, Pennsylvania, who we were in school with. Oh, well, but he graduated in 1970. And I graduated from Morgantown in 1971. That's... That's 50 years ago. That's a half a century. That's the year I was born. Not to make you feel old, but it's the well, year I, I mean, was born. <laughs> I'm getting there, too, though. Listen, I was in a courtroom, and I may be just waxing. We're not getting any calls, so what the heck. In a courtroom down in Boone County with a group of lawyers, and the judge made a ruling that was just really devastating because he he just moved the case from Boone County to Harrison County. After he'd done all this work, we're ready for trial in Harrison County. One defendant settled, and he said, okay, that was the venue-giving defendant, so I'm sending it back to Harrison County. And we were, oh. So I'm sitting there. He said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, what a revolting development this is, which you gave me the, you're giving me the same look. <laughs> in, there was a show called The Life of Riley. Yep, I'm familiar with the show. Watch the reruns. And William Bendix. At the end of the show, always said the catchphrase, what a revolting mm-hmm. development this is. <laughs> and for some reason, my dad liked that, and he picked it up and would say it often. And I just realized none of these people were even born <laughs> when I graduated from law school. Well, all that you can hope is that through the power of the Internet and some of these things that they could go and they could rediscover some of these classic things. Yeah, I mean, people ask, <laughs> if they see the posting on Facebook, what's the first television show you can remember? It's like show of shows. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the time. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm so old. I, I joke with Caitlin, our producer up here, because uh, she's always, you know, giving me a little bit of a nudge about my age. I said, I remember when MTV, when the M stood for music and they actually played videos. Oh, and yeah. I remember prior MTV, too, when you had to listen to the radio and record songs off the radio. That's beside the point. Uh, you know, I, I've had a great time sitting in with you today. Well, uh, I have, too. I wish we'd gotten a call or two. But, it, you know, but, summer's a difficult time because yeah. people have so many things to do. Right you were going to ask a question. Well, I don't really have a lot of time now because I was going to ask you about employment, but I'll come back and do the show again. I'll tell Coop I want to come in because I want to talk to you about employment. You and I had a great conversation off the air about the uh, lack of employees, and you brought up a really good point. We always talk to the employers, but we don't talk to the employees. That's a very good point that I'm probably going to steal for my show upstairs. It comes on uh, in, in just a little bit. Give me about uh, 20 seconds. Go ahead. Well, the Peyton Law Firm, we, you know, we've been in business. I've been in Nitro 44, 44 and a half years. It's just me and my oldest boy, Tom Payton, two lawyers. So if you come and hire us, you're going to get a lawyer, your lawyer, who you talk to. And you're going to get a staff that averages years and years in business. We're at Nitro. PaytonLawFirm.com is the best. Go online, send us an email, we'll get back to you. We promise. We stake our name on the fact we will get back to you. 
every day. All right, Harvey, I appreciate it very much. I'll see you on 580 Live coming up for Harvey Payton. This is Dave Allen on The Voice of Charleston, WCHS. WCHSAM 96.5 FM Charles.